Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Welcome to Movie News number 67. Let's talk about Blade and Deadpool 3, as well as many other topics. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Hope you had a great week. There is a ton of exciting and controversial news going on this week. We thought we'd dive right into it. Let's go. I'm wearing all black head to toe because I'm mourning the loss of the Blade movie because this movie seems completely doomed, and I just had a feeling that there was going to be trouble with it. I don't know why, but I I, I was I would have been surprised if Marvel pulled it off cleanly, but... I'm just, you know, just I'm so disappointed right now because. How about you fill us in on so what exactly? So first of all, happened. this whole this past week, director Bassam Tariq had dropped out from the project, and this movie again is supposed to start filming October 22nd this month, this month, <laughs> oh this God. year, and also, and then after that, uh, it's rumored that the script is going to be completely rewritten because Feige just finally looked at the script for the first time. The studio is finally looking at the script. And they are not happy with it. And also Mahershala Ali as, is getting more and more frustrated with the project because, you know, he's Mahershala Ali. He's a two-time Oscar winner. The guy's busy. He's in demand. And he yep. wants to play yeah. Blade. And I guess he's not impressed with the script. The script, I guess, is they, – they said it's 90 pages. I don't really care about the length because 90-minute movies still work. But that's about 100 and uh, – hundred and I'm sorry. It's 90 minutes, 90-page yeah. script, <laughs> one page per minute. Excuse me. <laughs> that's usually the you're doing great. That's usually how scripts work when you translate it or think of it as filming it into an actual movie. So that'd be a 90 minute movie that's really fast, especially for a Blade movie. You expect Blade movie to be maybe around two hours because it's such a beloved character. And the thing with this project is this movie is going to be under a huge microscope because of how much fan love there is for the character. Because we've seen three cinematic versions of the character with Wesley Snipes. We've seen three movies with him, so we love Blade so much. He's we Blade was bigger in our lives than Batman or Superman ever were when we were kids. We were obsessed yeah. with Blade. He was our favorite superhero for 100%, years. Yeah. Until like Batman Begins and Spider-Man started coming up. We were obsessed with Blade. He was the man. So people like us, we really are expecting Marvel to nail Blade, but it seems like this thing is just doomed from the start. I find it really so shocking that a movie could get into pre-production so far to be only a few weeks out from its principal photography. And the producer of the film hasn't even read the screenplay yet. I found I I just find that so insane, and it really doesn't make any sense to me. And it makes me question: Is there even like is Feige or anyone else involved reading scripts that are being produced for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and even the TV shows? Like, if he hasn't read Blade, which is one of their tentpole pictures in the next couple of years, and also a very important property for them going forward. If he hasn't even read Blade, what else is he not reading? And what else isn't being looked over? Are there even people? Are there second drafts being written of anything? Is are there second sets of eyes being um, looked over on any of these scripts? It's really making me wonder, like, how that happens. Because okay, I get 
if maybe there's an episode of one of the TV shows, he can't read every script. He's a busy guy. He can't read all those screenplays. But now, then it made me wonder, at least he is aware of the outline of a TV series. But to not read the screenplay of a $200 million movie you're producing, it's very odd. I've never heard of such a thing before. A producer should be well aware of what they're about to invest in. It's, I find it so strange. It got within a couple of weeks of its actual photography. I'm wondering if Mahershala even got a script until recently, which is why he's been frustrated because maybe they, maybe no one's gotten, gotten them a script yet. And also rumor is that Feige's quote-unquote being stretched too thin. I mean, he's overseeing 15 TV series and 16 movies development at the same time. You know, he's not the producer on every single show, I believe, or every single movie, but he's... He's the guy. He's in charge of everything. He's, he's the president. He's overseeing it. But yeah. obviously, I think things have changed since Disney came in and took over Marvel. So maybe he's not the full top of the the food chain in terms of being aware of all the projects at the same time in terms of what's being made, what the scripts are like, what the stories are like anymore. But I still find it really surprising that, especially with Blade, any other movie, whatever. But this is Blade. It's such a beloved character, and they have to get Blade right. They really do. Of all the movies in Phase Four in in this past this year that we've seen, I don't really count No Way Home so much in the MCU because it's such a big Sony production. Like I'm not, I never really like to count that in the good point. scope of the MCU because that's remember that's a 75 percent Sony production. You know, the, and, and characters, the, and characters, Sony characters. We got two Spider Man coming yeah. from the other universe here from Sony. So that's only technically 25% a Marvel MCU movie, Spider Man No Way Home. But in terms of what they've been doing this phase and going forward, Blade might be their most important movie. And the fact that they don't have it figured out three weeks before filming is pretty odd. It's pretty shocking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I've never heard of such a thing before. And. Well, for for like a a Marvel movie, obviously, plenty of movies have gone to production without a full script, but without a director yes, and yeah, script, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without, without well, a director, I mean, Ridley Scott making Gladiator without a script, okay, but he's Ridley Scott. He has thirty years of making several masterpieces and twenty great movies. But yeah, it's not like a director dropping out. It's not like he dropped yeah. out last minute. But to have the dr- director drop out, and then the rumors that the entire script needs to be rewritten three weeks before production, are they going to hit that date? Or are they trying to? Do they have to rewrite the entirety of the movie? And also. Did you, do you know when the movie takes place? No. So this is the 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 setting of MCU's Blade reboot reboots. Kind of surprising. According to the reports, the reboot is currently set during the 1920s and will feature European vampires among its cast of characters. The story will possibly extend beyond the early 20th century as well, with talk of Blade unfolding across multiple time periods and locations, including the present-day Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, also the rumor is that Brian DeMeo, who was working on Bo DeMeo, I'm sorry, Bo DeMeo, who's currently writing X-Men 97 and also has writing credits on Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Moon Knight and The Witcher, is supposedly, rumor has it, coming in to rework the script that Stacey Osai Kufour wrote, who previously worked as, previously worked as the story editor on HBO's Watchmen show. I think this is the first movie that she's ever written, and I don't know if Brian, I don't know if Bo DeMeo has even written a movie himself because it seems like he's only worked on TV shows. I also find it surprising to not have uh, a, a veteran screenwriter coming on maybe to work on this project, and have only having people who've worked in TV writing a movie might not have been the strongest idea for a script. Marvel has been doing this thing, and it can work and it can't work, where they they'll hire uh, a recently. A director with a recent hit in the indie world. Like an indie, yeah. Like, indie director. <laughs> it's always like an indie hit. Yeah, and then they'll give them a, the reins to a movie like, 
but sometimes it works. Like the guy who made the Spider-Man movies, I'm sorry, John Watts, he made this movie um, called Cop Car. Kevin Bacon, small independent movie. Hardly anyone saw it. Very good. That was his only credit. And then uh, Marvel tapped him to make Spider-Man and, and it really worked out. But then sometimes, you know, uh, they they stick to that route and they keep hiring, you know, kind of inexperienced directors, directors who haven't really worked on anything more, even more than like $5 million for a budget. And without working in a corporate culture environment in terms of producing a film, like they maybe worked on a film where it was just like modest budget, a lot of freedom involved in shooting and kind of being able to be a true artist and do whatever they want with the film. Whereas when you go into the corporate world, you have a lot of rules and Marvel, Disney, they have things you want to do. So you have to follow their guidelines and you have to work within their parameters. And so I think that sometimes it can, it might be a mistake to hire such inexperienced filmmakers to make huge temple productions. Maybe one or two, two or three films. Yeah, they have some experience, but a lot of these directors only have one film under the belts. And if it's a film, it's a very small film. Yeah, the, the best example of it working out so well is Ryan Coogler who made Fruitvale Station then Creed. He did both those movies. Fruitvale Station, incredible independent film. And then obviously Creed isn't an independent film. That's a, a reboot of Creed, a franchise. I say Coogler cannot... He's he already made a big studio picture before Black Exactly, Panther. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. That's what I mean. That's what, I'm, mm-hmm. what I mean where like you have a very uh, talented young director because Marvel likes these young indie directors. And then they, with Ryan Coogler, they saw that he completely proved himself to be a stellar filmmaker, not just with a great indie hit with Fruitvale Station, but then being able to do it with a big budget franchise and a reboot, probably what was Creed, probably like a $50 million budget. Yeah, maybe more. So maybe, and then him moving to Black Panther, making one of the most successful superhero movies of all time, and and one of the most loved superhero movies of all time with Black Panther, knocked it out of the park, you know, firing on all cylinders over there with that movie. Shows the maybe that's the right trajectories to have an independent filmmaker on your on your eye on your list and what and see what they do with a budget that isn't a two hundred million dollar movie yeah maybe like thirty fifty million dollars and see what they do there before hiring them to take on a project that's going to be a two hundred two hundred fifty million dollar budget and this also makes you think back on when Edgar Wright left the Ant Man project uh, because he wasn't given the freedom that he was promised and also the reason for that was. He he and Feige, they weren't communicating over like the several years that he was working on the story. And so when he came to Marvel with his screenplay, they were like, this isn't this doesn't work. And it's probably an amazing screenplay. Yeah, it was probably great, but then Marvel was like, We can't have this if it doesn't it doesn't fit what our plans are. Can you can you do more stuff with the quantum yeah, realm? Yeah, yeah. Edgar Wright's like, What's the quantum realm? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a lack of communication and a lack of oversight, which seems to be the problem here again, is lack of communication. And a lack of oversight where nobody – like I can't believe that the producer of the film didn't even read the screenplay. And nobody else – like none of the Marvel producers or executives or the people up top, nobody was aware of the script. I find that so crazy. Yeah, you would think that this multi-billion dollar production studio would want like weekly drafts of their script. I would think that's they would what, be super strict I, about yeah. it. That's what would make sense to me. I understand you – it's a common process. You You hire a writer – and they send they send a draft to the, to the studio. They get notes, rewrite it. Notes, rewrite it. Notes, rewrite it. That's how it traditionally is done. And then when the studio feels happy, they'll move forward. If they don't feel happy, they'll hire another writer to rework the script. That happens. That's been happening with us, the 20th Century Studios, for some content yeah, lately. Like yeah. we send a thing, they asked us to redo it. That's Same. standard of practice. It's the way it goes. And so I find it so crazy that like none of that happened with the production of this, the pre-production of this film. It's pretty odd. And you know, I'm really disappointed because. 
Love Mahershala Ali. One of my favorite actors working today. He's one of the most talented actors of his generation. Everyone knows that. And then he's the perfect casting for Blade to reprise this role that Wesley Snipes made so iconic in the 1990s and early 2000s. And now, three weeks before production, no director anymore. Rumors of the script being completely rewritten or completely reworked. And it's just really disappointing. I, I'd be shocked if they hit their production date. And even if they do hit their production date, you can tell that this movie might have a lot of issues because they're going to probably be figuring it out while they're shooting, while they're filming. So maybe they're going to try and tighten up the parts where they have filming set up for the for October and September, but then... They need a director. <laughs> I know. They need a director ASAP, and it's tough because being a director on a movie, especially a big-budget film like this, you are involved in every facet of the production, and you're the leader. So to have your leader, who's basically the artistic vision of the movie, leave three weeks before production... I want to know that story of why he left the film. Maybe he read the script finally and was like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think it fits with me creatively. We don't really know why he left. We got like a corporate answer from Marvel, but we don't really know why he we, left. We, we might never know. Maybe. But, maybe, but maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty wild news, honestly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But let's move on to more news. Some happier news. Some happier news, but my, it might be not less happy than you think. So we got the great reveal and tease and announcement that Deadpool 3 is going to happen and Hugh Jackman's going to come back as Logan one more time to be Wolverine with his buddy Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool 3. It was an amazing tease. It broke the internet, went viral immediately. People losing their minds. We lost our minds. This is incredibly exciting news. If they keep it rated R, if I will not, <laughs> I will not completely trust Disney to say they're going to keep it rated R and then last minute make them be PG thirteen. Oh, Ryan Reynolds would never make a PG thirteen Deadpool. Never. Just saying. He would never. Just saying. Spent fifteen years trying to get it made, and he did it. His way. Just saying, Disney likes to keep that Marvel umbrella PG thirteen. I will. I'll bet a hundred dollars they keep it rated R. Want to bet? Want to bet twenty five? Twenty five bucks. It's rated Handshake R. Handshake in the air. Handshake. Twenty five. Twenty five dollars. That it's not gonna be rated R. Twenty five dollars. That it will be rated R. If it's rated R, then I cannot wait. And this is also just really surprising because D twenty three was just happened two weeks ago. You would think that they would announce this now. Then at that event, that would have been the biggest news of the year. That would have been the event to showcase yeah. that. Um, I think that's also like that might be another sign that it's going to be rated R separate thing. Maybe, but also yeah. you could look at it as like is Marvel looking at what they've been producing the last year and maybe audience like I think audiences are really mixed about how they're feeling about the way the projects have been the last couple of movies and these TV series. Not everyone's in love with them. The quality has changed for sure since Disney took over. Is this like a a like a 
big swing to get fans back into the MCU, back excited with the MCU, whether you've had superhero fatigue. I've had superhero fatigue, too. I mean, we still saw the movies. I enjoyed Doctor Strange and Thor is pretty funny and in a good time. Um, but I st- I'm still experiencing that superhero fatigue. But is this something that's going to b- pull both people out of superhero fatigue and also get you excited for the MCU going forward c- if you haven't completely loved all their projects this year? I, I mean, I honestly have superhero fatigue, and I haven't I haven't been watching the shows because I just – there's too many. And I, I like watching – Anybody got other, time for that? Yeah, I like watching other things. They just have so much content, the Disney umbrella. And so I, I just don't – I've decided not to watch the, the TV shows because there's so much other stuff to watch. Um, but I think – I think that Marvel is kind of like looking for something to get people really interested again. And I think you might be onto something that people are obviously less interested than they were four years ago. And I would like to see Hugh Jackman's contract. (laughs) Imagine if No Way Home didn't come out, like how people would feel about the MCU right now. And remember, that's a 75% Sony production, everyone. Let's let's remember that. It is MCU canonically, but it's also Sony canonically, Sony canon. And it's it's Sony made that movie essentially the majority of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I think it's kind of like a we need something. Maybe they just figured they maybe they're just shooting their shot and like a week ago they're like we need to get something going. We need a new project because they maybe they knew Blade was gonna have a falling out going into production. But I also think maybe Ryan's trying to get has been trying to get Hugh to do this for maybe more than a week. But Hugh didn't want to do it. Hugh retired from Logan, man. He put he put the claws up. I think yeah, that but, well, <laughs> like I said, the check. I want to see Hugh Jackman's I see, contract. I want to see how many zeros are on there. <laughs> I want to see that thing. <laughs> how yeah, much back end percentage does he have? He's probably getting like 10 Because Ryan, Ryan gets paid for Deadpool. He uh, he is a producing back end. So he he made like $100 million on the first Deadpool. Something like like insane like that. Like he makes Tom Cruise level money when he makes a Deadpool movie like Tom Cruise makes on Mission Impossible movies. Hugh Jackman, I think, the only, I think there might be two reasons. Um, he's kind of like been teetering off. Since Logan, Reminiscence didn't do well. Reminiscence was poorly received and uh, did horrible at the box office. His last several movies have all just kind of been very much under the radar. His he was in a good movie, um, the uh, where he played a principal. I can't remember the name of it with Allison Jenny. It was excellent, uh, HBO Max um, movie. But um, other than that, last five years or so, I can't think of anything that people have been excited about for him. He has been doing a lot of theater work as well, though. But keep in mind, you know. I'm not saying anything bad, but like when you get a certain amount of money, you might develop a certain lifestyle and that certain lifestyle might need more money to maintain. That's what my opinion is. And could so, be his last chance at a yeah. quick 50 mil. So he could, <laughs> he might be like, you know what? $50 million might be nice. I could have a lot of fun on set with one of my best friends for six months. It would be a really enjoyable experience. Why not? It could be a lot. Of, we could have a lot of laughs, make a lot of money, entertain millions of people. It's a win-win-win all around. It really is. So I'd say, even though he gave up, uh, not gave up, even though he retired the clause, I'd be. I think it's such a great situation for him where he's like, I gotta say yes. Like, why not? I think it's a lot. I think it's all that. Yeah. Everything that I said and you said all combined into yeah. one. I think Marvel's like, we gotta do something. I would never say I'd, I would choose differently. I would probably do the same thing. Now let's move on out of the MCU. Actually, no, we have one more MCU <laughs> thing, and then we're gonna move on to other movies and stuff. So. Werewolf by Night is a series that gets released on October 7th. Now, this is a horror 
black and white series that's directed by Michael Giacchino, the amazing composer who you know from many Marvel movies. He just did the Batman. He's done the Star Trek films. So he's one of the top working composers right now, directed this. And Kevin Feige is calling it quite important to the future of the MCU. And I agree with Feige because it's going to prove to audience, hopefully they wanted to prove to audiences, that they can make things that aren't just for kids. And it's supposed to be very gory and very cool and campy, like a classic horror film. I can't wait to check it out. Cool. Shot black and white. I'm not sure if he shot on film, but he shot black and white, which gave him the ability and freedom to do Bloody. a lot more gore. Exactly. Yeah. A lot more blood than he would have to, that he wouldn't be able to do if it was just a colored Marvel project. So I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to checking this out. Something new from the MCU that isn't really completely superhero related. I don't know if the werewolf's like a superhero. I don't know. I don't know what it's based on. <laughs> Uh, we'll find out. Maybe <laughs> he probably has. There's gotta be someone with superpowers. I mean, werewolves do have super. If it's in the MCU, it's someone with powers in it. So I'm curious. To it see looks it. like a, it looks cool. Really, it looks I'm cool. I'm looking forward to it. I respect Michael Giacchino a lot, and I think that's why Kevin Feige is saying it's such an important project. It looks very different from anything they've done. So, I'm, and I'm surprised it's going to be on Disney Plus. Let's so, stay on horror for them and stay in black and white for a little bit. So Robert Eggers, even though the Northman eventually finally turned a profit in, with the streaming VOD and in uh, post-sales, post uh, post-movie theatrical release sales, he is going getting funding for Nosferatu, his remake that he wants to make, his new adaptation of the original classic, and he just cast Bill Skarsgård as the lead character in Lily Rose Depp. This is really exciting news, in my opinion. You know, we, we really need filmmakers like Robert Eggers to keep making big movies and movies like like he just made with The Northman, so I'm stoked about this. Is Skarsgård playing Nosferatu? Yes, sir. That's cool. Good yes, casting. Sir. He must have uh, befriended him while he was working with his brother, I'm sure. Probably. The, yeah, yeah. Probably hang out. Must be, t- must be tight. That's but, cool um, casting. And excellent. Lily Rose Depp is a very good actor. She did an excellent job in The King. Yeah, she's really great in The King. You're yeah. right. Uh, underrated Netflix movie starring yeah. Timmy. Underrated. So that's really exciting news. Also, speaking of Timmy, the official trailer for Bones and All was released, and it looks epic. It looks incredible. Uh, Luca is such a great filmmaker, and this comes out in November. I believe. Yeah, November. So. Yeah, November. And it's on uh, the next watch, like my next most anticipated movie. It looks so unique and original. It's it's really hard, I think, and I can't really think of other movies that seem to have pulled it off because this movie looks great, to blend horror and gore so well with romance Normans, and beauty. Yeah. And, and Luca's just looks like he nailed it with this movie. Oh, yeah. He looks incredible. He's one of the best, man. Timmy looks awesome as well. Yeah. And so doesn't, what, what's her name? Uh, Taylor, I can't remember her last name, Who the actress who is who stars alongside him. And then also... Um, the guy who plays his father and calling by your names in this movie as well. Oh, Michael Sternberg? Yeah, he's in this movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. I did, actually didn't watch the whole trailer. I just watched 30 seconds and I was like, I don't want to spoil anything else. It looks great. It looks really Yeah, the dark. imagery from what I saw looked really beautiful. Moving on. Yes. Next bit of news, we have a new Planet of the Apes movie. So Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes just got announced. It's going to have a release date in 2024. It is set several years after the last film, so if you missed the apes, don't worry. They'll be back. <laughs> They'll be back. At least it's not an Origins pre- prequel. It's going to be Origins for, like, the new kingdom. <laughs> How did the kingdom start? Origins. Apes. Origins. Post-season Origins. They wasted no freaking time, man. Like, what, five years? Not yeah, even. not even five years. What was War for the Planet of the Apes? It's 20, 2019? 2018? 2018? Yeah, 2019, I think. Uh, so I mean, oh no, it was 2017. Wasn't it on our list that we just did? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's so 2017. 2017. Yeah, all right. Well, it's and been long enough. It's been long enough. It's yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's a, I believe Fox or Universal. 20, Universal. 
Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. But it, they make a lot of money. They they are consistent. Twentieth Century Studios, so it's Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of beloved properties, Tarzan has been acquired by Sony for a total reinvention of the character. I think this is actually very good news because Tarzan, historically, from its novelization and the adaptations, it's very much a white savior movie. And I was so shocked when they made the last one with Margot Robbie, Alexander Skarsgård, having Skarsgård play Tarzan. I thought it was a great opportunity to have a person of color play Tarzan. And it was just a complete like missed opportunity. Fell into that white savior trope again. So hopefully, I believe going forward... Calling it a total reinvention, it looks like they'll have a person of color playing Tarzan, which is, I think, the way it would work best. Yeah, I think so, too. So that's really cool news. And I loved the original Tarzan an, uh, animated movie. Oh, the, yeah. That was so that great movie growing was great. up. Yeah. The Skarsgård movie, it's kind of soapy, and I, I was a little disappointed by it when we when it came out years ago. Yeah, that was, uh, Margo did it like right after Wolf. And he looked so hungry that entire movie. I'm just going to say, he's shredded to, to shit, but like, <laughs> my God. <laughs> like him and Zac Efron in Baywatch, like, I, like eat, some, eat, a, eat a sandwich, guys. Did you hear about Zac Efron uh, post Paywatch? Yeah, I heard he, he said he went through a terrible depression, like a mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah I would too. Because I mean, that's not good for you. It I, messes your hormones up, messes your chemical balances up. Yeah, messes not, your not, metabolism up. Like good he was probably me. on the most strict diet in for a, a long time. Horribly depressing lifestyle just to maintain that yeah. physique. It just sounds terrible, man. Yeah, sounds terrible. Look great, but at what cost? Uh, we have some news on Bruce Willis. So. He has become the first celebrity to sell rights to a deep fake firm after retiring early this year due to an aphasia diagnosis. Now, I hope he's completely in his right sound mind when he made this decision, but this is pretty odd. And this probably won't be the first time this happens going forward where somebody clearly has just sold the rights to their image to a deep fake firm who will now make content with the deep fake technology to basically reanimate him digitally and technologically probably into commercials and TV shows and maybe even movies. I don't think it's an odd choice by him at all. And so they released someone a family member released a video of him like a month ago and he seemed like he was pretty pretty solid. Um I would say it's actually a a, a great choice. He's retired. You know, make another make a fat paycheck. Imagine what they what they paid him. You know. Oh yeah, obviously, and he's gonna get rights to everything. The family will get rights to yeah. everything. He'll get rights. I mean, money to it. But don't you think it's odd to sell your image to a company? That's the future. Every actor is gonna do that. Every this is the first of many. I'm. T- then there'll be no one on screen anymore. This, like this, that's actually there's gonna be no one on camera. This is the first. This is gonna be such a common thing, a commonality. A lot of actors when they get older, they're gonna sell their likeness. It's gonna be super common. This is just the. The first, yeah. Wow! Imagine you get paid for like, let's say Tom Brady reference for the day. You're Tom Brady, and you sell your rights to a firm to make commercials with your image. You never have to go to set. You never have to put on wardrobe. You have to. You don't have to fly to the location. You, they just make it, and no one can tell the difference. They just find so, a body double that has the same gangly six foot four body as you, <laughs> that eats, <laughs> drinks a lot of water, and stretches a lot. And they just put your face on it. Yeah, it's the future of production, I guess. And also, um, also all forms of media, games. It's kind of scary, but yeah. I mean, it's the you're right. It's, it's VR. Here. It's here, guys. It's, it's VR, happening. man. It's happening. This yeah. is the first step. It's looking like this, it's happening. This is going to be very common in ten years. I don't see it being a thing for movies, but I think it's starting with commercials is probably what it's going to be. Just with not with just move. Yeah, just in in general. People's likenesses, famous people's likenesses. So yeah, they'll have a, Harrison a, Ford will do it next. Yeah. They'll, <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll use a stand in. The same physique as the actor, and then they'll deepfake their face on top of it. Yeah, that's how advanced it's become. 
there are some scary accounts on TikTok that I like. I'm there's the Tom Cruise guy who looks just like Tom Cruise. It's ridiculous. There's uh there's a Trump guy. There's another guy. It's, it's, it's actually scary. very scary technology. It's really scary. It's dangerous stuff. technology. I think. I think deep fake is uh, uh, very dangerous. Because people who don't live in the culture of what it's like, they think that it's actually like Tom Cruise in the comments. They like think it's him. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. You can. Influ- but, I mean, you you would know if Tom Cruise walked in. You can influence people with that, and is possible. It's very dangerous. Possible. Speaking of Tom Cruise, <laughs> Tom reference of the of the of the episode, <laughs> we got our two Toms out of the way. Good. I was watching this great interview with John Hamm on Howard Stern, and I we always try to tell people like Tom Cruise is the most famous pe- person on the planet. He is like the biggest movie star alive, and people always think like, what about J- Brad Pitt? What about like Harry Styles? Yeah. Tom Cruise is on such a different level. That the I was I was watching John Hamm talk about him because Howard Stern asked him about how he got cast in Top Gun, and John Hamm was talking about Tom Cruise like he was Santa Claus. He's like he's like I met him at like Jimmy Kimmel's house and like they, they have like their football parties there every Sunday and like the rumor was like Tom Cruise was coming and and everyone at the party at Kimmel's house for the Sunday football games like actors, celebrities, you know, musicians, wealthy Hollywood, so already people. super famous, yeah, people. like A listers, yeah. like John Hamm's an A lister, Jimmy Kimmel's A lister, A list party. And everyone's like, Tom Cruise is coming. Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise is coming. What? What? No, he's not coming. He's not coming. And then he says, Tom Cruise walks through the goddamn door with his mom. And everyone was like freaking out. <laughs> and Tom Cruise is so famous that John Hamm only got to talk to him for five minutes. And this was like 10 years ago when he was on Mad Men still. Uh-huh. And oh, okay. when, he talked, when he talked to Tom, Tom's like, hey, man, I loved Mad Men. I really love that show. You're great. And John Hamm's like, wow, man, thank you so much. <laughs> like, this is John Hamm. He's an A-lister. He was an A-lister with Mad Men. He's he winning, was Golden he's Globe winner, Emmys. Emmy winner. He was yeah. winning awards. He was so famous. And he, even to him, Tom Cruise was like a unicorn. Someone he never thought he'd meet in his life. That's how famous Tom Cruise is. I think that people need to put that into perspective. When, they, when we talk about how big Tom Cruise is around the world, that's what A-list actor Hollywood people are like around Tom Cruise. That's so cool. He only had got to talk to him for five seconds, he said. <laughs> five seconds? Yeah. You said five oh, minutes I'm sorry, earlier. five seconds. <laughs> so I got to talk to him for like five seconds, that's it. And like, because every A-lister was like in a line and group like swarming him, yeah. just like paparazzi. Exactly. Because he was on Stern's show talking about how he got approached to be in Top Gun Maverick, and they reached out to him, so he got requested. He's like, and he tells, the, he tells his um, agent, he's like, yeah, whatever, whatever they want. They're like, yeah, well, we haven't figured out the money yet, or we haven't figured out your contract. He's like, you're all gonna be fired if if I, if this doesn't happen. I don't care what the money is. If I'm not in that movie, like you're all losing job. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's so blunt. <laughs> That's great. I would have said the same. They're thing. like, you need to see a script. He's like, no, I'm good. I don't need a script. I don't care about the contract. Just figure it out, or you're fired. <laughs> so he was offered the role. Yeah, That's they, great. they reached out to him. I saw an interview. I saw an interview with Patty Constantine and Matt Smith in. Um, the interviewer asked, uh, what was the audition process was like? And Patty Constantine goes, I, w- I did an audition, love. They they offered it to me. <laughs> I mean, for House of Dragon? Yeah, for House of Dragon. Okay. <laughs> and then Matt Smith's like, I had the audition. <laughs> He's like, I had one screen test. <laughs> Everyone's like, we're not sure about Matt Smith yet. But Patty, Patty's like, I did an audition. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt's like, oh, you rubbing it in. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. From- oh, this, uh, fans of Community, there's a, the movie's happening! Yeah, officially. The movie's actually happening for Community. Peacock TV is going to be producing the film. All of the main principal cast members are returning in their famous roles. So, for all you fans of Community, get ready. It's coming. People are gonna love this, man. Five years, uh, five shows, five seasons in a movie finally happened like ten years later. I wonder later. if they'll get everyone back. It, everyone's back. Even Glover's coming back. All, I just said oh, it. That's so I cool. just said it. It's confirmed. Anyways, sorry, confirmed. Man. Moving on. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Guillermo del Toro news. He his new trailer for his kind of Twilight horror show called The Cabinet of Curiosities oh, just yeah. released. Yeah. It's it looks really terrifying and lots of great horror and Twilight gore. Zone. You mean? No, it's like oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said Twilight. Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought I was like, is it a vampire? Yeah. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's remaking Twilight. No, it's a Twilight Zone esque yeah, horror yeah, show yeah. anthology series, Cabinet of Curiosities. Rupert Grinson, one of them. He's in the trailer. Really cool. Yeah, it looks great. Really cool to see him in some other projects. Because I know cool... he was in the um, Snatch TV series. Yeah. He's also been in the Shyamalan TV series on Apple. And then he's uh, in Shyamalan's new movie. We love a Ron Weasley he's, moment. He is coming back. Coming back. He's coming back. Rupert. Come back, kid. Rupert. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I it's miss probably, him. They, I feel like a lot of the Hollywood act, uh, the Harry Potter actors had to wait until they matured because no one would accept them even when they were in their 20s to be in movies because they look so young and be like, it's just Ron Weasley. But it's, now I accept them as not Ron Weasley. Except, you know, Radcliffe and Watson, they did, they always did fine. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, well, I think... Rad- she's, she's not in as many movies as him. As she Radcliffe. didn't have to be because she got paid every time. <laughs> I mean, she's Belle. No, she was in a few... She was in some small films that nobody saw. Yeah, well, I mean, she's in, what, Bling Ring, Perks of Being a Wallflower, um, The Red Circle, she's Princess Belle, and... She was in um, that movie with Daniel Brühl, um, the, um, where, he's, where she's her... He's kidnapped... What, what's it called? Like, uh, I can't think of the name. Like a... Jiffy a- Lube? <laughs> <laughs> like a, commu- a, cult. a cult, a cult, a cult, a cult. Choosing that cult movie. Ah, uh, yeah, it's almost the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jiffy Lube. <laughs> you're not from America. Jiffy Lube is where you get your oil change, tire rotation, stuff. Great like prices. <laughs> not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Maybe <laughs> try a coupon code. You never know. Unsubscribe. Raiders at Jiffy Lube. Raiders Lube. <laughs> Jiffy Lube. Com slash Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah no one saw that but um no she she always did fine she didn't have to make that many movies because she was i think because she was going to school still she was going to school part-time so that's why she didn't do as many radcliffe i think has always just been great with consistent work um he's just a talented guy he's got a great face so i think that he's suited as a movie oh, lead speaking of radcliffe and harry potter did you hear about alan rickman's diaries got sold by his family and they turned it into a book like they they published, published his, his diaries diary. and i don't think he ever wanted this to happen because there's stuff written in the, written in there where he's bashing like the crew and cast of harry potter movies like really? he said like he hated the music that john williams came up with for sorcerer stone philosopher <laughs> stone he said that the kids were bad actors like well, they were <laughs> he's like saying that like radcliffe's not a great actor but like he can see him being a producer director someday or maybe not a bad actor he's like he's not he's not like an actor yeah but was that written when they were making sorcerer stone yeah or, probably yeah. which is but now it's coming out and people are probably like oh man i can't believe he said this stuff it's like it's personal diary yeah that is crazy to I, me i i know that from what i've read with radcliffe he had a great relationship with him as he grew older exactly but like yeah. you should be able to have your personal private that's diary absurd to just to yourself and then after you're dead no one should ever someone should just burn that thing that's terrible like it, it seems like he didn't have give permission to do this i he would have sold it when he was dying <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, man. So I think he's getting a lot of his bad own pro- personal diary out in the open for everyone to read. Yeah, and like negative stuff 
like that's like this is where up. you personally like he's personally venting about things like where you can't even you can't even say your thoughts in a diary anymore, anymore. people you can't put yourself in his shoes he's an, a, an accomplished actor and he's working with a bunch of 11 year olds who have never acted in anything before i'm sure it was frustrating at times and Having to go through take after take after take, and the kids game. They had to. They don't know their lines. They and had stuff. to run uh, four cameras simultaneously to try and capture the dialogue because the kids couldn't do their dialogue. They weren't doing one camera setup. They were doing four camera setups at all times to try and capture as much as they could that worked. So I'm, I imagine for being a seasoned veteran actor, it had to have been frustrating. Yeah, or even even the filmmakers. I I, I feel like Christopher Columbus, like he aged during the production of the yeah. first two movies. The <laughs> same as like Alfonso Cuarón, like went gray after Azkaban. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, he he seemed to have a great relationship with, with Radcliffe as they as he grew up. It's pretty shocking, and man. I'm sure I'm sure he respected Radcliffe as an actor probably, when he got probably older. Probably great friends yeah. too, you know. And then to that have to have Radcliffe read that like I'm sure Radcliffe's like yeah I was a terrible actor when I was 11 yeah, yeah. He's, he's so self-deprecating he would be like I'm still a terrible actor <laughs> he's not he's but not, he would say awesome. that he would say that about himself but man I think that's just crazy to me that's ridiculous that's ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> alright last bit of news going back to the MCU so Armor Wars, which is gonna, which was supposed to be a TV series starring Don Cheadle as War Machine rep- reprising his role in the MCU was is now going to be developed into a future film. So I wonder if Marvel is realizing that maybe their shows aren't as performing as well as they thought they were. So maybe they're going to start moving some of the TV series they have planned into films. I'd rather watch a movie than a TV show. Me too, one hundred percent, any day. So I'm all all, all for that. I, I, I'd much rather spend two hours watching something than seven hours plus watching over two months. Eighteen of these mo- of these TV series in one year, especially because, and I'm not knocking them, but a lot like Moon Knight could have been condensed into a two and a half hour. Movie. Yeah, I think it would have worked better as a movie. It, it would. It had the structure of a two-hour movie. It, it, I think it would have been very good, very, very good as a movie. I, I think it would have been a better production for yeah. sure, and better script too. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand they're enticed to, you know, that's like we've talked about the TV series or their launching pad to get the characters into the movies. But I think they're. I say to, I'm always saying stick to movies. Movies are better, movies man. Are, movies are great. Movies, movies Mo- are life. Movies, are, movies are lit. This is cinema. But this is a movie and TV podcast, though. That's true. All right, I think that wraps our movie news. It's the longest today. episode ever. I think that was a lot of fun. That was really funny. <laughs> that Jiffy Lube joke. <laughs> Emma, Emma Watson, the face of Jiffy Lube. <laughs> JiffyLube.com slash Raiders. No, just kidding, that URL will not, will not work. Um, thanks for tuning into movie news. We have episodes this week coming for you on Monday. We have Point Break with special guests. The Confused Breakfast podcast was a blast. Great talking guys, about that great movies. guys. That movie, they, we had them in studio, so you'll be able to watch on Spotify or YouTube to see... We moved stuff around and had them on set the entire time, which is really cool. We've only done that a few times. And then on Thursday after that, we have The Fifth Element, and we are going to start doing our costumes, starting with that one, which was super fun. James dressed up as Lilu. I was Lilu. It was great. I wore the I wore the hell out of that orange wig. And he wore the bikini, too. I or, wish. Like, the, uh, the straps. I didn't think I could pull it off. You could have. I don't know. Your chest hair would have been flowing. <laughs> would have braided it. <laughs> All right, that, that wraps this. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Bye. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.